It's life on life's terms. All right, here we are. I'm Tom Robinson. This is the Life on Life's Terms podcast. And uh, we're messing with the new uh, toy of tripodism. And uh, we're not... Um, Had a three-legged dog named Tripod. <laughs> <laughs> we're not affiliated with any 12-step program, um, although we do... We are fans. Yes. Big uh, fans. Yeah. I am Chris Mandeville. Uh, we're here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy on Quincy Ave, um, who is so gracious as to let us use this space to yeah. provide you with this podcast Big and times. live stream video. And our guest tonight is Michael. Oh, I wanted to mention the, uh, the intro and the outro. So the intro music, which I... Um, uh, picked out is is a old Boston punk band called Last Stand, friends of mine, and uh, they let us use a uh, part of their song. And what was the outro? The outro was your the uh, yeah the outro was a uh, little uh, right hook and oh, that's uh, right. right hook little Terry little, yeah a little slain little um, Vinny Paz it oh, ain't easy all right all right nice. so all right. we'll so. mention that once in a while we gotta give yeah give, give you a little props. shout out yeah little shout out so all right so, sorry about that oh it's good. Gotta, gotta, uh, it's important to give the uh, the musicians their due. Absolutely, sure, I, I understand that probably better than most. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, where are you from? What happened? And uh, where you at now? Um, I feel like I should say my name is Michael. I'm an alcoholic. But, uh, <laughs> if you want, you can. If you want, that's, that's up to you. That's up to you. Uh, my name is Michael. Um, Michael Cavallo, I uh, I grew up right right in this area here. I'm a South Shore kid, um, Hingham, Weymouth. I went to Archie's. Um, you know, I trekked around the streets of Quincy and uh, Boston in my teenage years and um, hung out in a lot of places where I didn't belong. And, uh, you know, but I... That was like that was like the uh, one part of my story. The other, you know, I, I like a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts. I, I lead like a double life, you know. Mm. And I had since I was a kid. Oh yeah, it was like I never really felt comfortable with who I was. You know what I mean? So like always comparing my insides to your outsides. And, yeah, right, and, right. Um, well, it, it's funny because as soon as you start drinking or or smoking pot or a little something when you're real little, it's like. Instantly, you got to lie. You can't tell authority figures, oh, yeah, I was drunk. Sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So instantly, it makes you a lie right, right away. Right. You know right I mean? away. So, you know, yeah, and you can't tell your parents. Right. Parents, yeah, authority figure, whatever it is. No. Nope. Can't right. tell coaches, teachers, you know, nobody. And like, and, and I learned that at a very early age, you know what I mean? Like, I, the, I obsessed over, you know, first it was tobacco and girls and then, you know, that like the seamless transition into, you know, drinking and smoking weed. But like I was always an athlete and, 
you know, I, I define myself by that. I define myself as like, I, 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 I liked music. I wrote music. I sang music. I rapped music and I played sports, like hockey specifically, mm. you know, and as a kid, that's how I define myself. Like I didn't define myself as like a son or a brother or a friend even, you know what I mean? I was, yeah. like, I was a hockey player. It's a common know? thing that we, we talk about like the, that identity that we have to have, right? you know, like this, mm. well, you know, whether it's fake or, or not, um, we want people to like us for right. what we do and what we can do. Right, exactly. You know? And like, that's that's how we get into where we want to be. Right. But right. I confuse it with like this is who I am, mm. like not like this is what I do. Right. You know what it's I mean? Like, or what I can do. So but I and I was like I was I was a gifted athlete, you know, I was a gifted songwriter even at, at like a young age and um that you know, being able to to play hockey carried me kind of through high school and um you know i I had a couple jackpots i got arrested a couple times in high school but i didn't drink abnormally um actually it's a pretty big hockey school aren't they yeah i mean we were when when uh in the 90s when i was playing there anyway and then i went um you know nothing huge happened in high school just just kind of the regular stuff and then i went up to prep school to do a postgraduate year up in uh, tilton new hampshire and um I played football there, and I ended up having a pretty devastating knee injury. Um, you know, I was in the hospital for over a week, a bunch of screws and pins put in my knee, and you know, I was Good told time. I was yeah, I was told I was never going to play hockey again, and like that was the first time I got introduced to um, pain medication. Pain? I saw that coming. It yeah, was, was, that? really, <laughs> I never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. I saw it coming. But I still had that. You know, I had. I was 18 years old. You know, I and and like I said earlier, like being a hockey player defined me. So like when this doctor told me I was never going to play hockey again, like I, I couldn't accept that. You know, so yeah. I put all of my effort, you know, into rehabilitating my knee. I did exactly what the doctor said, what my PT specialist said, you know, what my trainer said, what my hockey yep. coach said. And because they gave me, like, set things to do if I wanted to recover from this knee injury. And I only say that because, like, you know, 12 years later when, like, my life would be on the line and people would give me some set things to do to, like, save my own life, I wasn't able to do that, which kind of tells me that, like, I didn't think too much. I thought more of myself as a hockey player than I did as a person. You know, but um, I did end up um, recovering my knee, and I and I really didn't get into opiates too bad then. Um, and I ended up going to play college hockey down in Southern Connecticut. Nice. And um, there was when the you know kind of like the the cap got let off of of everything for me. You know, now I'm completely on my own. Now I you know then I had another knee surgery my freshman year, and now I'm mixing painkillers with uh with drinking and and any other drug that kind of came mm. my way you know yeah it seemed like a good time yeah it's, it was you know yeah. i i did have a lot of fun you know like i mean i thought like waking up in strange places and in public places and you know jail cells and hospitals was just like par for the course for yeah. being like yeah. 18 19 years old and, and this is supposed um, to happen yeah and hmm. but then by the time um and all the while, you know, from age like 19 to 24, like I'm starting to see consequences from drinking and drugging. Like I, I start losing a few friends, um, four or five friends to to things that were directly related to drinking and drugging. And like the fourth one being, uh, you know, one of my best friends from high school. He actually grew up right around the corner from here in Quincy. 
you know, um, I graduated from high, uh, from college and I moved out to California cause now I'm done playing hockey and I wanted to pursue my uh, music career. Mm. And so mm. I thought it was like a normal thing to like, you know, hop in a car with a bunch of guys and drive to California. Yeah. With go like out three, to Hollywood. Yeah. With like 300 bucks in my yeah. pocket yeah. and, um, no plan. You know, yeah. But, um, yeah, alcoholics are famous for doing shit yeah. with no plan whatsoever. I, I yeah. had a buddy. We were all living in friend, me and my friends were living in Seattle, and and everybody out here was like a mess, you know. And he, the, he was so bad that they bought him a ticket and put him on the bus. And he calls from where in Seattle? He calls from Idaho, which is like the next state over from Washington. He's like, "Hey, I guess I'm gonna be there," and like. Uh, Couple hours, a few hours. We got. I got no money. Can I stay with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Come on yeah. down. <laughs> of course. And yeah. I and I did that to some uh, I, some guys from uh, my college were living out there. I remember crashing on their floor until you know I ended up living with some of my buddies. And um, you know I remember my friend dying. Like it was uh, Halloween of two thousand and two. You know, and I got the call on November 1st and I had to go home, you know, to, for the funeral and everything. And like, I didn't know how to deal with anything. My emotions were um, just so all over the place. And like, I poured alcohol on, on any emotion that I had. Yeah. 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 Different. And in this I one, like, that. I just, I couldn't feel it, you know. So like, there was a bunch of uh, points that I, that I, noticed looking back on like my life thus far like where i could have went one way or the other and like um at this point like i really um went deep into uh numbing the pain you know via drugs and alcohol i didn't ask for oh, help yeah. i didn't tell people how you know how hurt that i was now and, do you um, totally do you think that. that like picking up at such a young age had anything to do with that like to, yeah, to mean, stunt you emotionally and to to not Deal, process things and deal with things like because I know it did for me, you know. Like, hmm. I I mean I I completely believe that you know I I don't I don't have like medical you know scientific data to back right, that right. up, but it's just like doing so much reflection and in, in like whether it's step work or, or therapy or whatever. Just looking back hmm. on it, like my my emotional the only the only part of my growth that wasn't stunted was my physical because like yeah. I didn't stunt that myself. Yeah. It's but like maybe a little malnourished, but yeah. it's like uh, exercise. Dealing with emotions is like is like going to the gym. You know what I mean? You get better at it, you get stronger. Great, so great, you, great you know you, you have to you have to go through the emotions and deal with the emotions so you get better at it. And you have those coping skills and you're like, oh, I've I've built through this before, but it might be a little more intense this time, but doesn't mean I have to fucking explode. Right. Doesn't mean I have to like rip my face off just to get out of myself, to get rid of this emotion, inject myself with whatever crap that you buy that this person might be selling that i have no idea who mm. they are or, or i can't even communicate with them in the same language you know what i mean yeah because i mean the reason the reason <laughs> i ask is because i didn't even know how to put a name to how i felt until turnabout when they had the they had a piece of yep. paper yep. with fucking I, smiley I, faces I yeah, faces yeah. all I on it that. and yeah, like so i'm how i'm a 29 year old man right when i get sober and I don't know how to express my emotions. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. you know, I, I've heard it a bunch of times. You come into the halls and, like, you get sober. You are emotionally the age when you picked up. Yeah. Right. 
I can absolutely see it because the shit that I see now, it's like, dude, you're acting like a 14 year old. Like, right. cut the shit. Bro. It might be yeah. that might yeah. be a little a little a little exaggerated, but it's right. something like it. it. Gives you an idea of of like this is a major stunt of the growth of emotional emotional mm. intelligence. Have you ever right. heard that that term? Yeah. I, I've read yeah. a lot about that. You know, emotional intelligence is uh, low in the active alcoholic who's been active since they were young, like me, like when I was. Yeah, thirteen, and it was just on. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. so, um, so after uh, Ricky passed, and I ended up going back out to California, and and throughout the next, you know, I'd say like eight years, I'd be back and forth between California and and, and Boston, and you know, trying to make it in the music industry, and like you know, started some some really cool projects and, you know, got a little bit of notoriety around here, a little bit of notoriety in Southern California and made a lot of cool music, met a lot of cool people. Um, But at the end of the day, like I was just so undisciplined in every aspect of my life that like, um, if someone wasn't just going to, give it to me on a silver platter like it wasn't going to happen and even if that did happen i would have smashed the platter yeah, down that's a good and, point like, yeah, that. yeah. yeah. What, what, year, what years were these um so like oh two oh three oh four oh. and then uh, i was out there a lot in like oh seven oh eight and oh, then no uh 2011 through like 13 um I lived in Seattle. I had a band for a little while. Uh, it didn't really go anywhere, but it was in a good time period. It was like 93, 94. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a grunge rock, like early yeah. 90s hip-hop yeah. guy. See, so that was my like, time yeah. out in California, too, from 93, oh, really? 95. It was a lot of fun out in Seattle at that time. I mean, I'll you bet. could go to... Uh, a sold out, sh- you know, a pack show anywhere in the city on any given night of yeah. the week. You know? But that was like the beginning of my cool. demise. You know, I, I that's where I found crystal meth out on the West Coast. Oh, oh and yeah. Then, and I didn't want to do crystal meth no more, so I came back to the East Coast and did heroin. <laughs> like, I brilliant. The two. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. I married the two. Yep. That, was, that ended up being my end. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I was out back and forth in Cali, but like, I never felt. I never felt at home any place, you know what I mean? Like I just yeah. because I just wasn't comfortable with myself, and like it didn't matter. Like I was judging myself on like how many I think it was like MySpace at the time, but like oh, yeah. like MySpace <laughs> likes and views I had, and like you know how many YouTube views I had, and like who I was friends with, and like what they were doing, and like what I could possibly be doing, and what I was telling you that I was doing, like not actually like how I felt and who I was, because like again now I, I don't defined as like a hockey player now i'm like i'm a i'm a front man like i'm a rapper i'm a singer like yeah and, uh, and it was just like that i and i do love music again. and i do yeah. love performing and, and i'm starting to do it a little bit again but like it doesn't define me today you know right. what i mean and, like, and it's that was the that's a tough industry to be sober in yeah i mean because it just comes with the territory especially man. when you're young and yeah or like i know some guys that are really successful in it but they're you know they're sober yeah, today. yeah. Or they're not out. But it, it took them a while, too. I sure you know? did. You I, know? Sure did. I, had yeah. the, I had the same, uh, almost same type of experience, but it, it was my identity um, a lot in that I was um, a punk rock kid from a young age, uh, and um, and it was like, uh, it was a separate from, it was an us and them thing. Like, yeah. them was like the mainstream music scene of, of my 
high school years and whatever was like the eighties and the Madonna and all that stuff. And that was like, I looked totally looked down on that. And I was like superior because I was a, I was an indie, you know, punk rock kid and whatever. And I was in a band and blah, blah, blah. And I had to give that up when I got sober because it was still there. You know what I mean? Whenever somebody would criticize me, I would puff my ego up because, oh yeah, you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been around, you know, I, you know, you're just one of them. And so I had to abandon all that stuff. And, and it took me a while to marry back the, um, the parts of me that I think were good. I had to like get rid of everything. Like I never was a a sports fan and except for fight, you know, boxing and stuff. But I, I even got into sports. I just had to open my mind up and be different person yeah you know to see where i could go i do abandon old things and start new yeah you know that's i mean that's um that's a great point and that's uh, i i don't think if i if someone hadn't kind of put what you just said like that to me um i don't know if i'd be here sober today because it took me a lot longer to like get that aspect of it Hmm. you know what i mean to like realize that like Anytime that I close myself off to like another idea or, or another person, or I say like I'm right and you're wrong, like I'm blocking myself from from that person. Right. You, know you, I mean? you yes. close your mind off to one thing, you're closing it off to a lot right. of things, which which right. severely debilitates me in, in being mm-hmm. effective as far as like being helpful to other people and like. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. That's what we're here for. Is like we're not meant to be isolated. It's not us against them. You know what I mean? And and that took me a long time because like I was, you know, underground kid too. And like you know what I mean? Like and I and I just like I liked having that chip on my shoulder. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I felt like that that like kind of like drove me to keep going. And like I it's and I still have it sometimes, but like I really I recognize it today. You know what I mean? That goes a long like, way. Yeah. Just, you know, understanding what's going on right. with you. Yeah. That's a huge. That's huge for me. Right. The if I can understand where I'm at, I can counteract some bad behavior yeah, before absolutely. it happens. Absolutely. Right. So. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to get into the, like, like the music was what it was and, like, the, the drinking and the drugging progressed, you know, mm, and right. I found myself – um, right around this time in 2008, um, I remember it was Mother's Day weekend and I was going to see um, George perform down yeah. in, uh, at Lupo's in Providence. Yep. Uh, I, he was doing Lupo's. a show with Tech 9 and uh, I remember going down there and I, and I was I was on the the, uh, the 80s and the 30s at this point. I had been for years and like I was so naive to what they were. You know? Like I just, yeah, I just yeah. didn't know. Like I... I, I just took things. They're, they're just pills. Better. Yeah. And, just like, pills. So, and my drinking had calmed down. So I was like, yeah, I'm doing oh, this good. This is beautiful. But, like, <laughs> you know, but I just uh, no got pain. kicked out of my girlfriend's house. Yeah. And like, you know, things are going well. I have no job. Like yeah. I just like came back from <laughs> L.A. with my tail between my legs. And um, after like signing a really bad deal and losing a lot of money for some friends who believed in me a lot. And like it was um, painful for me. Like I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of guilt attached to that. Yeah. And um, and I remember going to this show and like I was sick and I didn't I didn't realize that I was withdrawing from these things you know because no one's yeah. no one's giving me drugs anymore because no one really cares it doesn't seem like I'm really doing much anymore so yep. like no one's really cosigning or like enabling me like that and um, oh, so yeah. mm. I 
I needed to show up for the show and I felt sick and like, what do I do? Like what I've been doing for the last, you know, 18 years. And I just poured some alcohol on it and like I poured a little too much, you know, I had, and uh, I blacked out at the show and I got in a fight with a few pro- Providence uh, police officers. Oh, nice. Oh, That's always son. fun. Yeah. I lost that, <laughs> lost that fight, I believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so the court yeah. documents say. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, woke up in a in a holding cell um, the next day, and like I thought, and I was, and I my face is swollen. I'm hungover. I'm dope sick, and like, and I thought I was just. I had no idea how I got there, and um, I when they opened the door, I thought they were just letting me out. Like it was just another pain in the ass, like uh, drunk tank incident. Yeah, PC. Know? Yeah. And, uh, they were like, no, buddy. Like you were too drunk to get your uh, mug shots taken. Like you gotta go. Uh, with us, you know, you hit a cop, so like you're not, like you're not leaving. So um, mm. I, like, I remember my my stomach just like sinking, and you know, um, already what, being sick, and then yeah, finding it was, out it was what it you was really brutal. did. It was God. at that point that was my first like I need help moment. Yeah, you know, and um, this detective really, I don't know, he uh, took some pity on me or something like. It, you know, he just kind of helped me through that situation, told me if I went into treatment, like, you know, he would uh, get that charge dropped or continue without a finding or something. Wow. And, he, and he made good on that. And I did go to my first detox. You know how big that is? Yeah. Every time you got stopped for the rest of your life, you know what I mean? Oh, saw the police officer, this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that would have stuck with oh, you forever. Yeah, boy. You know. Fair it probably has been to Providence since then. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, just to, I just decided to stay out of that city. Off limits. Yeah. yeah, and um, so I did. I went to my first detox. I remember that you know the day after Mother's Day in two thousand eight. Um, I remember my buddy Ross drove me there. Like we told my parents, I had a problem for the first time. It probably wasn't news to them. Um, and I remember that. I remember that detox. I remember two things. I remember people coming in from from AA and A and, and Sharon, and I and I had no idea what the fellowships were. Yeah, or what that's they were how about. I was first detox. No and clue. I, I remember oh, hearing yeah, the Serenity Prayer, and I remember some kid telling me that like heroin was cheaper than uh, OC80s. Yep. And, like, those were two <laughs> things that I took from that detox. Yeah. Good information right uh, there. Yeah. yeah. The and Serenity so, Prayer and Dope's Cheaper. Right. So fast forward, <laughs> you know, I get out a week later and, and I'm walking around my parents' neighborhood and I'm I, this incomprehensible, like, anxiety is 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 on me that I haven't felt. And I this was the longest I'd been separated from a drink or a drug in, you know, 12 years or something like that. And, mm. like, um, I remember just saying that Serenity Prayer over and over and over again and, like, eventually like that wasn't going to work you know what i mean and like so i needed some relief and so i went to the second thing that i learned there and i called that kid that that told me about the uh the dope and and that's when i picked up my first bag of dope at the tender age of 30 and that would lead me to like 30 more detoxes you know um multiple overdoses you Mm -hmm. know mc like all sorts of MRSA, cellulitis, you know, yeah, yeah. really, CUSA, all the good stuff that comes along yeah. with fucking shooting, yeah, homelessness, so like just um, MRSA is like no joke. Yeah, man. I was in the yeah. hospital for like a week with that. That was uh, that was pretty horrendous. Um, and but in the process of this, so like, and I remember seeing Chris. Like, Chris is one of the first guys. Do you mind me saying this? Chris? No, 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 I don't. I don't care. Um, it's all good. 
Um, so, like, I remember being at High Point in Brockton one of the, like, the million times that I was there. And, um, you know, but because I started to, even though I went to a lot of treatment, I went to, like, 10 long-term treatment centers in, like, six different states. Like, I wasn't not, I wasn't there just, like, you know, just just saying, like, I, I wasn't there for the free lunch. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really did want to get better. I just had no idea what it would take to do that. And, like, I remember right. Chris is one of the first guys that I remember hearing speak and it actually resonating with me. Oh, he came in on, on a commitment? On a commitment, yeah. It was, like, a Saturday a morning. Um, it's at, incredible. And this was, like, you know, this was good, like, eight years ago or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a while. A long time it was a while ago. ago. Yeah. And I remember he said, every time I run the show, the show gets canceled. <laughs> and like that like me being like a, yeah. like a writer and like a hip-hop guy and a music guy i was like wow that is uh, i yep. think i'm gonna put that on a song i think i just put it in a song <laughs> yeah really yeah. and i remember i remember he you wants royalties and, and then <laughs> yeah yeah well, nobody bought the song yeah so, and, but then we find out we have mutual friends uh, you know and and it right. all stems from there and like i'll be honest like it sucked to watch you struggle through all that you know what i mean like right. I, it always does. It's especially when you get to know somebody, and then you see them on the outside, and they're doing well, and then they're not doing well. Well, that's I started yeah, coming man. around to Rockland Young People. Yep. So like you know, you said that that's where you were at. Yeah. Like so, that's one place I knew to go because I didn't know much about meetings. You know, my friend Kenny took me to uh, East Milton for my first meeting I ever went to, and like I remember being like so fearful in there and overwhelmed by how many people were there. Oh, yeah. and, like, just <laughs> having like no idea some heavy hitters over there too. About. Yeah. yeah. But I felt I the same way when I went to Rockland, you know. But yeah. I ended up meeting my first sponsor there, and like who's actually now my sponsor again today, you know. Um, and I went, but it took a lot of pain. Like it took making a lot of mistakes, you know. Mm. And by for whatever grace, whatever reason, like I'm not one of like the I don't know how many of my friends have, uh, have died from this thing. Um, you know, I'm I'm still here, and like the way that I left Boston in January of 2016 was it was it was pretty horrific. You know, I was in and out of you know like the Dimmick and Boston Cab. And oh, like Dimmick, those, great those, stuff. You know, mm. those, those always five star always resorts. beds over there. And, uh, <laughs> I, it, but I felt comfortable there. Like yeah, this was, exactly. At this point in my life, you know, mm. I'm 37 years old, and like and, and these are the places where I feel comfortable. You know, I'll run. The methadone mile for for a couple of days. Yeah, because your, your standard of living and... goes from here to way down right. here. Like you, yeah. you just keep lowering lowering the bar lowering with the more time that goes on. Right. It's like yeah. no, this is acceptable. No, uh, well now this is acceptable. It's crazy right. how right. we do that. Insane. And, um, you know, and I still have my family. You know, had not given up on me yet. And like I had a good friend of mine. You know, one of my best friends in the world, He, uh, we played college hockey together. I was telling you guys about this when I walked in. And, like, he he had never stopped, you know. Like, like the two of you would send me messages every morning. Like, oh, no really? What? No, yeah. Like, if I'm, like, just different readings. And, like, where, no matter if I was in the rooms or if I was out on the street. And, like, and that meant something to me. Even if I didn't read them, even if I didn't, like, talk to you guys for, like, months. Like, that stuck in my head. It's like, wow, like, the, like these people are still thinking of me. So, like... Um, I I called to check in. You know, I'm 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 at Dimmick now, just to let you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and my and my mother and my father said, you know, we talked to uh, we talked to Rob, and like he wants you to come out to Minnesota. He's going to put you in treatment out here. And at the time, like I was all about 
geographical cures. You yeah. Know? I said yep. I went to treatment in six different states. It's like, all right, well, anywhere is better than right here. You know? Right now. And, uh, <laughs> And anyone who decides to like move to Minnesota in January, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> bring a shovel. <laughs> but uh, yeah. like it seemed like a good idea at the time, and um, and I almost didn't make it there, man. Like you know, it's a uh, my um, so January twenty second, twenty sixteen. My parents um, are bringing me to the airport, and you know, I, I remember like it was yesterday. Oh like yes, my, I know uh, what's coming next. My my father drops me and my mother off at a curbside check in and, and he goes to park in the garage and um my mother's standing there with my stuff and I was like, Ma, I gotta run to the bathroom real quick and you watch my stuff and she's not thinking like I think, you know what I mean? She doesn't know oh, yeah. like how sick her boy really is and like No, and, she's and, excited because you're at the airport and you go yeah, to treatment. I'm going to treatment, yeah. like maybe this time, you know what I mean? And yeah. like she doesn't know like that I I have you know, I got to do my last my last shot before I go. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I'm sick, and like I don't want to take this flight, and like and, and it's just, you know, <clears throat> just my thinking. And I go in there, and I overdose in the bathroom, and like um, my father comes back, and he sees I'm not there, and then he sees police running to the bathroom, and he goes, "I just knew wow. it was you." you yeah, know? and he runs in there to find me blue Holy on the bathroom shit. floor, and like of Logan. Of Logan at rush hour on a Friday morning. My oh father's my giving me, you know, CPR on a bathroom floor. You know what I mean? And, like, one of my oh, oldest friends man. is the one of the you know, firefighters who brought me out, you know, narcan me. And, like, he was the first person I saw. Wow. Can you imagine? I, you know, the, the, woke the up and, you know, my mother's turmoil. outside crying. You know, I, didn't, I had no idea any of this had happened. Of course. And, yeah. Uh, coming to, like, I came to. I asked. Here? You ready I, to go? <laughs> I see my friend Mark, and I was like, Marky. Like, and I knew right away, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And I, I remember asking him if my parents knew, and he was like, yep, your parents definitely know. And I was like, all right. Now, now was overdose more of your story now? Like, did oh, this yeah. happen? Yeah. 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 It was start, it was, they were starting to get a lot closer together, you know. Because, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's entirely possible on the 80s and the 30s, but it's more... Frequent, well, frequent. Once yeah. you switch over, oh, yeah. well, that's you that's the me. difference. That uh, I remember um, learning that in some treatment center. But uh, the reason that they can't use heroin medically is because they don't know the line is too fine between medicated and death. Yeah. So it's like you're just playing with with your life. You know yep. what I mean? Right. Totally playing with your life. You know what I mean? Especially today. I mean, with, uh, this was fentanyl. this was like right on the border of like the fentanyl. You know, when things started to get crazy. I, I actually watched you know? a video this morning of a guy, and, and he was saying that overdose is the leading cause of death right now in the United States. Yeah. It kills more people really? than car accidents, yep. heart attacks. Wow. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Leading cause of death. Yeah. I just I just recorded wow. a, like, uh, a song, like a, a, an opioid shit. awareness song. Yep. Like, and... Um, put a bunch of like news clips in there that say oh really talk like they talk about like the different stats and stuff like that like yeah it's uh how it's many insane. ripples of pain that that that, that just are, are just coming rippling through the whole country right now you know what i mean a whole entire generation of children growing up without parents yeah yeah, yeah. being that, raised by their grandparents yeah. that it's you know and, and a whole a bunch of parents losing children yep yeah you know it's terrible it's, it's I, I don't think hmm. we we even really have a snapshot of like how it's gonna what it's gonna look like ten years from now. You know uh. what I mean? Like uh, especially like if and it doesn't appear to be like I so fast forward to 
you know, I go out to Minnesota and um, Minnesota, Minnesota, and I say, hey, they're, they're great Minnesota, Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. And um, you know, and I stay sober for a few months out there, and but like. I figured, you know, because this this time, you know, my my parents, you know, got my sister, my brother, you know, my nieces and nephews. Like, I, like everybody was, like the 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 jig was up. You know what I mean? Like yeah, everybody yeah. could see, like out in the open, publicly, like just how bad I was, or not how bad I was, how, like how how sick that I was. Mm, and um, yeah. the jig or the gig. Which which is it then? That saying is it the dance or the job? Well, both. I, yeah, exactly. my dance was up, and I, I didn't have I yep. didn't have a job, a job anymore. No. So. <laughs> um, but you know, I but I did my standard like ninety days. You know, I'd never had more than ninety days sober in my eight years of trying, and um, like right around oh, day okay. ninety one or ninety two, like the pain and the embarrassment and the shame of like what happened in the airport, like was not sufficient enough to keep me sober in in yeah. a city where i knew nothing yeah. but sober people and right. then i end up on the streets of minneapolis you know um for a couple of weeks and like off and on like got kicked out of my sober house my friend put me in another one you know and uh, i just couldn't hold it together and he saw the writing on the wall and he was able to get me into this treatment center that he went to in uh, 2011 uh called alina lodge and it's in uh, blairstown new jersey and it's a year-long program and it's um it's it's a very difficult program, you know. They take what, everything what, away from you. There's I, no phones. There's listen, no, I think they need more of them. Honestly, oh there's yeah, there's nothing. No tobacco. Well, we, no, yeah. is it? You know, it's not nicotine, a no, therapeutic community, is it? It's it's a special kind of TC. <laughs> it's not. It, it, oh, it is a TC. It, I mean, it's not a TC, but it's it has a lot of TC traits. Like it's yes. been around okay. for over sixty years. It's oh wow! Very, it's See, very old school. The lady yeah. who started it was like friends with Bill Wilson and Lois Wilson. Like, I mean, oh, she no was like, yeah, Geraldine O. Delaney. Founder. Yeah, she's a old school, you know, big book dumper. But I mean, it's yeah. it's changed, it's evolved. But it, the biggest thing is way. like yeah. they, they, there's not a lot of programming there. Like you are, you spend a lot of time with yourself and like thirty and, yeah. other guys who were just as crazy as you. Yeah, you know, and it was there that like I learned how to sit with myself it was there like I, mm. I learned how to like really pray and meditate and like i went through the step work and and through both of the fellowships you know literature and like there's a lot of guys from aa and na that work there and a lot of people that come in and speak to us and like and i just i did a lot of work you know yeah. did a lot of work on myself and stuff that you never really did right and i had the time to do it like i had the separation you know and i got to see like how crazy i really was you know what i mean because like at six months there, like I'm getting in a fight with some kid over a chair, you know, to watch a movie, and uh, I hit him with the chair, and like I almost got, <laughs> oh I almost got kicked out. You know, my yeah, sister came good. to visit me for the first time the next day, and I had a shiner. You know, right. what I mean? and I was like, <laughs> they let you stay. I was, yeah, they did. Those are they some did. patient people, right there. Yeah, that was did. pretty good. But like that was like huge to me to look at and like look at like because I had been. You know, tw I had twice as much of physical sobriety as I had ever had in my yeah, life. So, and so I, you're I'm six months like, sober hitting someone with a chair. Yeah, That's exactly. what we need to do. We need to get a house that combines, like, the ultimate fighter house with a sober house. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got a resentment? Let's go. Octagon. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it, might, it might work. We'll figure out who gets the chair. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. I, yeah. I wish. <laughs> 
But I, like um, I don't know. I, I thank God every day that I had the opportunity to go here and like to to uh, kind of reflect back on like especially the last, you know, the prior eight years of trying to get this and like mm. see like what worked, what didn't work and like, yeah, you man. know, ask people. And it was at this place where I adopted that philosophy of like, you know, uh, I've kind of given up the right to to make decisions on my own. You know what I mean? Like, right. like major decisions. Oh, yeah. And, and like to. I tell guys that sponsor, if you, you know, if, if you got a good idea, take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and then think one. about it when you wake up. <laughs> there you go. And then call There's, me and five yeah, other yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you your idea back to you and you'll think, how absurd is this? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But really, it was like the honesty the, the, uh, and the willingness to, to uh, remain teachable. You know what I mean? That's like really served me well since I got out. Yep. So, and then like they sent me, they don't even tell you where you're going. They tell you like the night before you're leaving, like, oh, you're leaving tomorrow morning. And like, you don't know where you're going. Yeah. So you can't set shit up. Well, you can't use a phone there. I didn't use yeah. a phone for a year. So I didn't use the internet for a year. Like, yep. Wow. Uh, that's know. pretty good though. I think that's good. Well, yeah. it's, it's a long time without that. Without yeah. But I mean, but that is good. But is, it was huge. Is it a long time in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I mean, you know, no, I guess not. It seems like it when you're in it, but absolutely like, looking back on it, you know, blink of an eye. So how much yeah. has happened since then? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. it's crazy. Like I got out, I got there in June of 2016, and like I got out in June of 2017, and I moved to they moved me to a sober house, uh, the Milestone House in Dover, New Jersey, and it from was, Minnesota. Yeah, no, from. No, so the place I went from Minnesota to this place, uh, Alina Lodge, which is in New Jersey. It's oh, okay. Town, New Jersey. Yeah. Who they set you up? Somebody set you up from Miss. I missed something. Yeah, my <laughs> friend <laughs> that I played college hockey with. He oh. he went to Alina Lodge back in oh, okay. twenty eleven. All right, and I relapsed in Minnesota, and he was like, you know, he kind of saw the writing on the wall. Right. And but he, he was, was like, in Minnesota. He was, yes. Oh, okay. I get it now. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm kind of I'm jumping all over like this. No, that was... No, you no. probably North said it. I just... To, you know. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, uh, My bad. No, it's, no, it's all good. <laughs> I probably rushed that part a little bit, the transition. Uh, like, I don't really remember it. Um, right. But... Yeah. Fits. Yeah, so I got out. So and went like, right out to a sober house. After sober house, yeah. Beautiful. See, I believe in that. Nine months. You know, I was there for nine months. I I got a job as a busboy. You know what I mean? Like a like a thirty nine year old busboy, and like I and I was. Let's and say, I was the what best you call damn a get well job. That yeah. you could, like for nine months, I had that job, and I yeah. loved it. What and gives you know, gives like, you humil- humility? They don't, exactly. People yeah. don't understand the importance of a get well job. Right? Yeah, you can't like, go back to your career no, right away. You can, maybe you can. Kids want. I couldn't. People today want to come back, go right back to where they no, were. Let me get, met, they get all get, sorts of money. Let me get all sorts yeah. of clothes. Let me get a new. Let me car, get to the get top of the ladder, but I'm not going to touch one rung on the way there. Right. I'm not going to work to get there. Right. Possible. Yeah. I rang a cash register at a meat shop, and you know, with Zito. Did, were you with Zito? No, I wasn't at the same time, but oh. it was the same place. He got me the job. <laughs> hang him, <laughs> hey, hang him, hang him. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, fruit center. <laughs> yeah, the fruit center. The fruit, fruit center. I was I was thirty four. Okay, yeah, and I'm working next to high school kids and I'm cleaning up and he's like, the boss is like, clean that meat machine right there. I'm like, yeah, no one's uh, trained me on how to clean that. He goes, no one's trained you, really? I'm like, dude, I will kill you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm gonna lie about being trained on a meat machine? What do you think? I'm 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but it's humility. I'm it, like, no, exactly. no one's trained me. You know, dude. What I, mean? I worked. I worked at my get well job for over five years. And but 
when I started there, I made nineteen bucks, no, ten dollars an hour. Oh, when pain? I was in treatment, yeah. When I was in treatment at Turnabout, I got a get well job, and then from there, I was with him for five years, and I was making as much as he could pay me because I did well. Like I started painting right. in police stations, and you right. know, and well, it got to a point where he was like, "Listen." Didn't he sponsor? Weren't you sponsor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a sponsor. He's a fantastic dude. Yeah, and, great guy. Uh, couldn't does couldn't a lot. ask for a better job. No, nope. get well job. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I'm a convicted felon with 33 adult arraignments, and I'm painting in the Boston police station. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, my record got emailed throughout the throughout the Boston PD because one cop got a hair across his ass one day, and he ran all our names. Oh, really? Yeah, ran all our names and emailed. Oh. But it was intercepted and everything was cool. But one of the guys I was with actually got arrested on the job from a warrant that was from 1995. Wow! <laughs> the dude was yeah. The guy the guy at the desk was a, a dick. Little, a little resentment there. Or? Yeah. Uh. yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's important. It's humility. Well, yeah, it's like, and it did, yeah. and, it, and it and it showed me like at at. At that at that stage, you know what I mean. Like I, I was able at that stage. It was less than a year ago. Like, but it taught me how to. That taught me how to show up for a job. You know, I had a couple places I volunteered at that showed me how to show show up as a volunteer. I had a yeah. home group. You know, the guys in there taught me how to show up. You know, as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what I mean. And the sober house taught me how to show up like as a member of a sober community. Exactly. You know what I mean. And then like all the clean up after yourself. Do your chores. Do, right. You know. Right. We, right. We live together. We need to make your bed. Yeah. Right, exactly. All those little, little responsibilities. Like, I still do them uh, today, like like when nobody's looking. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good quote. That one uh, character is what you do when nobody's looking. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Act, I'm, I'm act as if. You know what I mean? Act yeah, as right. if. I'm looking. Act, that's as right. if God's yeah. got a camera on you and He's watching you twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But also, yeah. you're watching it too. Right. And I think that's important because your self identity. Is come it's going to come from your actions, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you continually just keep doing good things all the time, you're going to start respecting yourself. You respect yourself. You're not going to yep. treat yourself bad like we do. You know, I mean, it's a vicious cycle, you know. You do something shitty. You hate yourself for it. You punish yourself by doing something else shitty, you know what I mean? It's a... Yeah. You know. Right. Right. But... Well- and one of the places that I ended up volunteering at is a place called um, CARES. It's the Center for Addiction Recovery Education and Success. It's like wow, what it was a, a yeah, acronym. yeah. It was a lot of CARES. <laughs> is a lot easier, but you know, it's yeah. it's part of um, Morris County, which is the county that I lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, it was a Morris County prevention is key. You know, and they are very, you know, on like. On the street level, as far as like educating communities um, ab- about addiction, well, addiction and like and reducing stigma and yeah. like yeah. you know um, shame stuff. and things like that, and like I became very involved with that, and then like eventually I took a class uh, to become a peer recovery specialist um, that was held at Cares, and then I got certified in that in December of. Um, 2017 and then uh, started working for cares actually in january of 2016 as a peer recovery specialist and like one of our jobs is to show up uh um, when somebody overdoses in morris county they get a call and you go to the hospital where the person yeah it's like a recovery coach is a program here called hearts does the same thing awesome oh yeah yeah and it's kind of like just like an intervention you like you show up would you like treatment if so we will help you do that yeah 
I mean, I, everybody kind of had their own, like, it's such a new field. Like, everybody kind of had their own way of doing it. But, like, yeah. me being, like, you know, so uh, not that far removed of being that person. Like, right, in, right. In, in the uh, in the emergency room, you know what I mean. Like it, it was it was uh, it was something that I enjoyed doing. It was it was difficult, and I don't know if I maybe took that on a little too quickly because like um, you know it did ha- it did affect me in a way that like I wasn't expecting. Really, yeah. A couple times, yeah. Like you had feelings. You get, yeah, yeah. Like well, <laughs> you got like, caught up. Um, yeah. Like I probably shouldn't be crying in front of this guy. You know I mean? <laughs> Do you want yeah. treatment, dude? Like, uh... <laughs> hey, if it helped him, yeah, you know, yeah. But um, I mean, one of them was my, you know, he was. It was kind of a, I don't know, I want to say a conflict of interest, but he was a friend of mine. You yeah, know? And, yeah. Um, you know, but so, and then fast forward to about a month ago, you know, I got. Or a couple months ago, my same friend that brought me out to Minnesota, then sent me to New Jersey, you mm. know, had ended up moving his business back from Minnesota back to Boston, and um, mm. you know, he had he had asked me if I wanted to come uh, work for him, and you know, after bouncing it off a lot of people in my network, both in New Jersey and and back here, like I decided to to uh, you know try it out. Uh, yeah, because like I am sober today, like I do have freedom today to, and I and I hadn't been home since January of 2016. Since that and, time and it's not like, like oh and the dude's been involved in your recovery, right? So it's exactly. not like it was. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean everybody in the office is sober. Like yeah. we actually all went to the same place in New Jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're just wow. you know, five years, six years ahead of me, and like, um, it's it's great. I mean it's a different kind of work, but I'm still. And I also like when I was in, when I was working for CARES, I got the opportunity to speak to like over fifty different high school classes in Morris Morris County and tell my story wow, and uh, talk to the man. kids and like, um, you know, That's I'm going cool. down there to perform at um, Montclair High School in Montclair, New Jersey, on May third, a week from today, actually. And I'm perform what? It's actually going to be my first time. I can I'm taking my. I was asked to. There's an event called um, Addiction Break the Cycle. Um, Vance Johnson, who used to play for the Denver Broncos, um, you know, back when they won a couple of Super Bowls with Elway, he was a wide receiver. He's the host, and I'm the musical guest, and a bunch of other people from um, New Pathway Recovery or uh, Outpatient Center, the place where I went to IOP, is putting on this big event um, nice. for like an addiction awareness thing. And I'm take for the first time, I'm taking like five or six of my songs. And I'm going to get to tell my story and do a song, tell my story, do a song. Like, they're all songs wow. that have to do with uh, my life as an addict and now my life uh, in recovery. Awesome. You know, which Very is like, cool. I'm, I've never done that before, and, like, I'm super excited to do it. We just had a girl on who teaches people how to tell stories. Yeah. Yeah. Megan. And, Megan uh, Perry, yeah. yeah. I want to go. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, she does yeah. the moth. You know the moth radio hour? You ever hear that? It's on public radio. It's just a, a storytelling show. Oh, yeah? But, uh, yeah, and she she does the slam, the, the storytelling slams and stuff, and uh, she uh, does it. She has a group of people in recovery who do it. Yeah. They and, actually uh, put on, like, a theatrical performance. Really? Oh, yeah, there's another thing. Yeah, it's just so really much going cool. on. It's like. Yeah, I know. Wow. And but, she's, uh, very she's cool. from out that way, situate. And, she's from situate, yeah. Yeah. Oh. You'll have to give me uh, information. I'd Absolutely. Like to learn more about that. I want to do it. I want to take do the, it too. the yeah. storytelling class. Yeah. I want to I be able to, like, sound like, yeah. you know, 
So whatever it is, some it's a movie craft. star telling my story. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's a craft. It's it's cool. Yeah, like you, she teaches you what to say, what not to say, how to say it, how right. not to say things. You know, yeah, like so that you could go anywhere and not be like too graphic. Like because in the halls we can talk. Oh, it's totally you know, like when I. It's different. It, like, you go into a high school, you I've can't talk to about certain things. Yeah, and, and public high schools, Catholic <laughs> high schools. Like I, yeah. I've I've had to kind of, and nobody's taught me how to do it. I kind of just like. And I've never prepared anything for any of these yeah. talks. But you have this, to be aware of where you are. Yeah. No, of course. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, it's definitely totally different. Just, and you just, I just focus on, you know, who, who am I talking to, you know, and I yep. just got to stay, uh, remain cognizant of that. Um, yeah, and a lot of the kids, they like the fact that I can do hip hop, you know what I mean? And yeah. then I have a song called Fixing a Broken Mind, which is like a three and a half minute rap, like that just tells my story. You know what I mean? For like, wow. for like the past like twenty years, like, nice. like three that's cool. Minutes. And it's uh, I'm ex- I'm I'm so excited to do this next week. You know, um, yeah, sounds uh, really cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's like, and now I'm like home. I'm living with back with my parents and my my sister and my brother in law and their two kids live under their roof too. And um, you know, all these people who you know were scared to have me back in their house. You know, and just wanted their son, their brother, their uncle, yep. you know, their friend back in their life yeah. um, to be able to be back here and, and to show up for them um, is like, it's just, it's a gift in itself. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I don't, I don't really. It's kind of hard to undo the going. damage that you do, you know, and, and you don't, yeah. we don't even realize it until after, you know, but that. That whole living amends thing and, and right. you know, just being able to be there for them. Like, you know, can you watch the kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I'm sure there was a time when they were like, stay away from us. Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, it's not like that now. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm, I just feel um, an amount of gratitude, like, for the life that I, that I've been given or given back. Yep. You know what I mean? That it's just like, I, I just want to keep remaining we'll open and like, like whatever I can do to help. And like, um, and I was super excited when you told me about this, that you yeah. guys were just doing this in general. And then when you asked me to come on here, like it's just, yeah. it's, it's really an honor to gift. Uh, so thank you guys. Thanks, man. I mean, appreciate it. Yeah. We, appreciate you know, we, we are, we, we want to reach the people that may never be exposed. Right. You know, like it's, we had, uh, I, I don't know. I think it was last week. Like someone I know was like in their kitchen cooking dinner. Boom! Here you go. Like you might not be able to get to a meeting, but here you go. Oh right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Or yeah. or like and 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 I don't want to have just people in recovery on it on here. Yeah. Like we we want to have like bring understanding to people. We had Alan on person. Yeah. On who's also uh, an uh, alcoholic too. We had uh, alcoholic who's. Uh, in Big Pharma, yep. on live, and we're going to be releasing his podcast very soon, and yep. uh, that's going to be a big one because we might want to have him back on with some some questions, and, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, have more like a something a else interactive uh, interactive thing, Facebook yeah. Live thing, where right. people can ask questions because he works like he for got Big sober Pharma. and got a job in Big Pharma, but he's trying to break some of the stigma f- for them. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. we have this big blanket statement like a oh, Big Pharma, well. Some of them don't make pain medicine. They don't make this. You know, they do. It's not all good of, things. Yeah, not you know? all the people involved are like some sort of evil corporation pushing yeah. pills on everybody. The it's evil doctor pork chop. However, <laughs> however, 
<laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> however, there is, you know, some, some obvious drawbacks to the fact that the whole country was flooded with Oxycontin. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, anyway, thanks for coming on. I think we, uh, I think we went pretty good. Yeah, man. But yeah. definitely we'll get, get you that info for Megan about that storytelling. Storytelling, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, is there any way, like, people can reach you for, you know, so they can the come see school you in stuff Jersey. or anything like that or school stuff, whatever. Yeah, you got any shout, shout out. outs you want to do? Um, I mean, I haven't really been that. Uh, that I, I have my Facebook, which is um, it's just Michael Skinny Cavallo. Um, I don't, I don't know what the actual. I think it's mr skinny cavallo like at facebook.com or something like that i don't know but it's i mean you have it you have <laughs> yeah. it tagged on your yep. thing so absolutely yeah, you know um and I, we'll uh we'll tag you when you we know, all my music's it. on yeah youtube and um yeah i'm gonna I, i've like i've that. seen some of your stuff i've seen the thing that you did with your brother yeah yeah my my brother um which which one my brother's podcast or no 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 some hockey related I, no, it was a story talking about you, your story. Yeah, it was probably all. My brother does something similar to this. Like my brother has MS, and yeah. like he um, he also has his own company called the Patient Activation Network, and he goes around the country and he talks. He tells his story, and he he talks to you know a lot of people in the medical field. Yeah, you know mm. what I mean about like compassion fatigue <clears throat> or like different things like that I don't compassion know. fatigue that's interesting yeah man. well yeah, i yeah. think that needs to huh. be like wow. you know something within treatment like i i see a lot of people who are in recovery go into treatment start working in treatment and end up yeah right. treating people is their focus and they no longer treat themselves and oh, they end right, up relapsing right, right. Oh, yeah. you know and, and it's mm. it's terrible you know yeah. like anyone i know that is like newer or it, it doesn't matter how long you've been in recovery. Like you got to make sure you take care of yourself. Like right. just because yeah, you're sure. getting someone in detox or someone into a treatment program doesn't mean that you're doing 12 step calls and you're, you're, you know, helping others in the, the way that we have to, to keep what we have. Right. right. You know? Right. So, right. all right. That's a good one. All right, Let's man. Wrap it up. Thanks. Skinny. All right. All right. It's good Let's to have you on. Yeah. Appreciate and, uh, it. LOLterms.com. Nice, brother. All right, bro. And uh, subscribe on uh, iTunes, iTunes, Google Play. Google Play, LOLterms.com. Uh, the Facebook group is The Life on Life's Terms Podcast. Absolutely. And that's a wrap. All right. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Peace. I live in this world full of anger and hate, and nobody is safe in this place. Oh, my God, I'm me. Trying to stay sane and ain't.